You're about to listen to a message from the Life Point Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Thank you very much for that beautiful worship, Dami. Thank you. That was beautiful. Good evening, everyone. Good evening again. My name is Folish Tragbanamosi. I'm one of the pastors here at Life Point Church, and I'm going to be sharing a very short message with us all this evening. Um, so I'm going to turn on my, my video, and I hope that everyone can see me. So I think it's coming on right now. Can you guys see me? Yes. Yeah, I guess you can. Okay, excellent. Hi, everyone. Good evening. It's so good to be here. You know, I can't see you all. I can't see you all, which I'm sad about because you guys can't see me. But hi, everyone. I miss everyone. I miss church. But I'm sure that we are all, you know, making the best of these times. And I hope that we're all staying extremely safe and behaving ourselves out there. Okay, so let's say um, a quick prayer before we start the message. Father, we thank you for this time in your presence. We give you all the glory and praise. We thank you, Lord, because you're a good, good father. We thank you, Lord, because even in these times, Lord, we know that you're with us. We feel you in everything that we do. We thank you, Lord, for everyone at the Life Point Church. We thank you for every life, for every situation, whatever it is that people are going through, Lord. We pray that you are there for them as always, that you begin to provide support, you begin to provide help begin to send lord people that will you know just comfort your people that need comforting in these times encourage your people that need encouraging in these times and that all our needs are met according to your riches in glory in jesus mighty name we have prayed amen amen okay so i'm going to be sharing um a short message say that i have titled staying focused and keeping perspective um if for any reason this breaks up somebody should please let me know so that i can turn off my video because i know that the bandwidth in nigeria has been misbehaving okay so i think it's very interesting um that i'm sure about maybe like two or three months ago let me say maybe like three three months ago many of us were actually complaining about quite a lot of stuff i know many people who you know had been complaining about you know traffic complaining about stress levels complaining about different things and in fact, I remember having many conversations with people who felt like they needed to get away. You know, I need a break. I need to relax. I wish I had more time, you know, to spend with my family. I wish I had more time at home. You know, just wishing that they had more time. And, you know, the irony of life is here we are with quite a bit of time. And it's actually affecting us all in very different ways. I mean, some people are having serious out-of-body experiences from, you know, just being, being home and being indoors. But it's also interesting to me that a few months ago, some of us, the same people, were saying the exact opposite of what's happening now. No, 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 I'm sorry. We're saying what is happening now, like, you know, wishing that we had a bit of downtime. And now that we have it, the perspective has changed completely. And so I find that very, very interesting because I think that everything in life has to do with perspective, right? So let me just do a quick, simple definition of what perspective means to me. So perspective is essentially how we see things, right? So how you view things, you know, so your perspective is how your eyes or your mind and all that processing that goes on there, you know, how, how it happens concerning a situation. So what is your frame of reference? That's also your perspective. So if you choose to see, you know, a glass that is half empty or half full, like how you choose to see it, that's all about perspective. You know, there could be 10 of us in a room and we're looking at the same thing and the way that we all view it is completely different. And it's all based on our perspective, yeah? Okay. Colossians 3, verses 1 to 3 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. 
for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Hallelujah. When Christ too is our life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Wow, that's some, some deep scripture. Okay, so that's Colossians 3, 1 to 3 that I just read from. Now, the reason why I love, 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 love this scripture is because it is speaking about how we should view ourselves from a heavenly perspective, right? How we should see ourselves from a spiritual perspective, how we should essentially view the sacrifice that Jesus Christ came to make on our behalf, which is saying that if we were raised with Christ and once we became born again, we know that we were raised with Christ, then we need to start seeking those things which are above where Christ is. And we need to set our mind on things above and not on things on earth. Now, let's talk about this current situation that's happening in the world. Let's talk about the pandemic. I know that some people are like, oh, you know, some of these things are almost like a denial. You know, are you saying that I shouldn't, you know, engage the reality of what's going on right now and all that? And my answer to that is a big no. Nobody is saying that you should be in denial. Nobody is saying that you should lie to yourself. However, there's a huge difference between being in denial and keeping a heavenly perspective on matters, right? Denial is you're lying to yourself. So they say we should stay at home. And you're saying, no, I'm covered with the blood of Jesus. I'm going out. I will go out. I'll shake everybody I see. You know, I'll go and hang out with my friends and I'll be fine. That is D-E-N-I-A-L, denial. However, keeping a heavenly perspective is completely different. A heavenly perspective is how you choose to see what is happening as you are obeying the instructions that have been given, you know, by the authorities, which is the authorities of the land, you know, the government, the president and all that good stuff. Because you know that God says that we should always obey authority. Now, the heavenly perspective for us as believers is extremely key. In fact, I feel like if there has ever been a time in any of our lives to have heavenly perspective, that time is now. And the reason is because everything around you is screaming and shouting the opposite of what the heavenly perspective should be, you know. If you make the mistake of turning on the news, I don't even bother. But if you make that mistake, oh my goodness, you are literally bombarded with all of the bad news in the world. It's literally like somebody went and rolled a big ball of bad news and just rolled it onto you, you know. And so that takes away your heavenly perspective if you're not careful in that time. Also, even if you don't go on the news, you know, if you just get online, sometimes all you need to do is even just open up your browser and you can see like a summary of news, you know, at the bottom and you're like, but I didn't ask you for this news. Why are you there? The same thing with WhatsApp, you know, there's some groups that you need to leave because all they do is engage the worst of news in all the countries. And those things are not helping your psyche. So it's extremely important that we keep a heavenly perspective on the matters. Now, let's talk about our good friend, King David, right? If we look through the scripture, there are so many people that went through situations that were, I mean, frankly, I'm just like, wow, I don't know how you were able to keep a heavenly perspective in that situation, but you know what? Thank you for keeping that perspective so that you're able to help us. So David had certain situations, if I'm not certain, he had many situations where he was near death. Many times when, I mean, somebody was pursuing him, somebody was trying to kill him, you know, if it wasn't even his boss that he was working with. Can you guys hear me? I just saw something that confused me. No, loud and clear. Oh, great. Okay. Oh, awesome. Okay, great. All right. Now, with David, right, many, many, many things happened. If it wasn't even his boss, you know, who, who they had a love relationship at some point, King Saul, trying to kill him, was some enemy trying to take him back. There was just always something. But if you read the Psalms, now you guys know that majority of the Psalms were written by King David. You would see how he was able to pour out his heart. Like he, he wasn't in denial about what was going on. 
he poured it out into the Psalms. He wrote it out. You know, if you read through the Psalms, sometimes you're like, wow, this guy is so deep, you know, because he would write about every level of feeling that he was having. But guess what? At the end of it, he would always go back to the heavenly perspective. You know, he could moan and groan and grumble and complain. He could cry, roll on the floor, weep, but he would always go back to the heavenly perspective. And for me, that is such a key teacher in keeping my perspective in this time because it's like listen god is not saying that you shouldn't express your feelings god is not saying that you shouldn't have feelings you know he made you with feelings but you've got to keep a heavenly perspective on those feelings and you have to keep the heavenly framework constantly so that you don't get yourself you know stuck in the rut that many people are getting stuck in now that's one person right let's talk about daniel our homie daniel I mean, Daniel and his friends were thrown into the lion's den. I mean, is there any, please, is there anybody? I know that this is not, you know, I can't see you all, but please just answer me. Is there anybody here who has ever been thrown into the lion's den before? Lion, lion, rain lions. Anybody? Okay. Now, Daniel was in the lion's den. I mean, this is real, you know. They saw the den and they were told that we're going to throw you in and they were thrown in. But guess what? They were not in denial that they had been thrown into the lion's den, but they knew the God that they served. And they knew that they knew that they knew that God was going to save them. And you know what I love about it is that they said that even if he doesn't save us, it's okay. We're not going to do what we're not going to do. And so it's so important that as a believer, you just continue to superimpose the heavenly perspective into your head. Now let's talk about another good homie of mine, Joseph. Now Joseph as well. I mean, Joseph's story is so interesting and you know, it's so long because we all know Joseph was his father's favorite. Joseph was a bit of a blabbermouth, you know, going around telling everybody about his dreams, you know, his dreams of seeing people, you know, bowing to him and worshiping him. When he knew that his family, you know, were already kind of having issues with him, he didn't keep his mouth shut. He just kind of kept running his mouth. Oh, guys, guess what? You're all going to bow to me, blah, blah, blah. And we all knew that he ended up getting sold in slavery. And it was just such an unfortunate, you know, unfortunate thing. And, you know, he, he ended up as a slave in a foreign land. He was... He was set up at some point. He was doing fine. And then he ended up being lied on and ended up being thrown into prison. Now, when he was in prison, a series of things occurred. And we all know the rest of the story, blah, 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 blah. He interpreted a dream, sorry, a few dreams, ended up, you know, coming out. God hooked him up because he was able to interpret a dream that God was sending to the leader of the land at that time. And the leader of the land had a dream about famine. So the dream was all about famine. And Joseph was able to interpret that this dream means this and this and this. And that's essentially what led to his freedom. And what led to him becoming a great leader in the land. Now, was Joseph in denial about his situation? Was he in denial about the fact that, oh my goodness, you know what? My life sucks. I've been sold into slavery. My family, da, 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 da. The reason we know that he wasn't is because in Genesis 50, 20, he says, this is when, you know, his, um, his brothers and him kind of reunite in a very strange way because they had come looking for food. And because Joseph had interpreted the dream correctly, um, Egypt had a storehouse full, you know, like full of food. So they were able to come there and buy food. Anyway, Genesis 50, 20 then says, as for you, you meant evil against me. Right now he is addressing his brothers. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. I mean, if that's not perspective, I don't know what is. To bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. I mean, really, Joseph, after going through all that, sees his brother, cries, mind you, please read it if you, if you don't know the full story. When he saw he was his, his um, brothers, he actually had to excuse himself from him because he, he broke down in tears. I mean, his heart was broken because he knew what they had done to him. But guess what? He had that heavenly perspective. Genesis 50, 20 says it. 
As for you, you brothers, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. And God didn't just mean it for the good of Joseph. God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. To mean that everything that has happened, as bad as it seemed, as bad as it was, as unfortunate as it was, God had a greater plan. And I have kept my perspective in line with God's plan such that I know that it was all about the greater good. It was all about people being saved. It was all about this moment. It was all about all of us not dying during this famine. It was all about me being able to interpret that dream and essentially saving the world from hunger. I mean, because think about it, people from all over the world were going to Egypt at that time to buy food because they had stocked enough food to last for seven years. And you know, when you think about the pandemic and the things that are happening now, it's difficult for you not to relate it to Joseph's story because there are so many, you know, similarities. And you have to ask yourself as a believer, God, what are you doing? I mean, I spent some time asking God, like, okay, God, what's up? You know, clearly you are doing something because you allowed this thing for a reason. What are you doing? And what is my path in it? What part do you want me to play in it? What do you want me to do in this time? You know, I don't want to be the person that when this is all over, I look back on this and I'm like, child, I didn't even ask God what my path was in it. I didn't even ask God, okay, what are you doing? I didn't even ask God, is there something that you would like for me to do? Something that you would like for me to engage in? You know, there's so many things that we can be doing in this time, but we have to have the right perspective. Okay, so I wrote here that heavenly perspective leads to victory and the unlocking of your next level. And I think that's quite obvious, even from these three stories that I have shared. I mean, there's no way that if you keep a heavenly perspective, especially in times that are the opposite of that perspective, that it will not lead to victory and the unlocking of your next level. Because what happens when you have that heavenly perspective is that God then begins to download to you the things that he's doing and the things that he's trying to do so that you can be a part of them and you can bring his glory here on earth and you can bring his kingdom here, which is exactly what he needs us to be doing as believers because we are all his agents, right? Now, another scripture that I really, really, really love, which is actually kind of like the core focus of my message. Sorry, I'm not really done a few minutes, but yeah, this is actually the core focus of my message. Philippians 4, verse 19. Ah, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I personalize that to say, and my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, when we think about needs, a lot of us think about financial needs. We think about things like food, things like shelter. Listen, these needs are even mental needs. These needs are even needs in times like this because you know that you are an extrovert and you need to go out and you're stuck at home. God says that he will supply all your needs. So he will supply your emotional needs, he will supply your physical needs, every single thing. And you need to have that perspective, that heavenly perspective, even about this scripture, so that you're not focusing on the wrong thing. Now, further um, down, in Romans 12, verses 4 to 8, I'm going to read from the, amplified, um, the classic amplified version. It says, for as in one physical body, we have many parts, and all of these parts do not have the same function or use. Stay with me, I'm going somewhere. So we, numerous as we are, are one body in Christ, and individually we are part one of another. So we are mutually dependent on one another. Please hashtag that. Mutually dependent on one another. Having gifts, that is faculties, talents, and qualities that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. You hear that? Let us use them, and they are different. Okay, hashtag that too. So he whose gift is prophecy, let him prophesy according to the proportion of his faith. He whose gift is practical service, let him give himself to serving. He who teaches to his teaching, 
He who exhorts encourages to his exhortation. He who contributes, let him do it in simplicity and liberality. He who gives aid and superintends with zeal and singleness of mind. And he who does acts of mercy with genuine cheerfulness and joyful eagerness. Now, the reason why I have brought out this scripture right after what I just spoke about is this scripture is speaking about our differences, right? Like, so we're all different. So if you are reacting differently from your, you know, your sister, your brother, your husband, your child, whatever, whoever, your colleague, in this pandemic, do not feel bad about it. We're all different. As is clear from Romans 12, when God made us, he did not make us all to be robots. Or all of you just go and be the same person. No, we are all significantly different. However, we have to understand our gifts and the gifts of those that are around us. Now, are you self-aware? And the reason I ask that is, if you're self-aware, then you understand how you are reacting in these times. Now, when you understand how you are reacting, you understand your triggers, you understand the things that are causing your anxiety, you understand the things that are not helping your mind, your brain, then you have to consciously separate yourself from those things. We all have different triggers. We all have different things that cause us to have anxiety. We all have different things that keep our minds focused. In fact, I dare say that sometimes you might even be the opposite of the loved one you are living with. What is triggering you might not be triggering them. So let's say that you live with somebody and the news is triggering you and that person is not triggered by the news and they're always watching the news. You need to identify that that is a trigger for you and you need to separate yourself from the news. Remove yourself. When the person is talking, you either tell them, please, oh, this thing is triggering me. I don't want to hear. Or you just find a way to remove yourself because we are all quite different as is clear in this scripture. God has made us all. But he also lets us know that we are, that we are mutually dependent on one another. So he did not create you to be an island in it of yourself. Oh, you know what? I don't need anybody. I don't want anybody. I'm an introvert. I'm just going to be by myself. Listen, during these times, I feel like I don't care what your personality type is. You need people because you'll lose your mind. Because even introverts, I'm sure at some point it's like, okay, wow. So I've been home all day, not speaking to anybody. Okay, what's up? So we need to be self-aware. We need to be extremely, extremely, extremely self-aware. Yeah? And part of that self-awareness is knowing what our triggers are, like I said, in this season. Now, the Bible also goes ahead to say in Romans 12, verse 2, which is actually before the scripture that I read, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay. So we've spoken about the fact that we need to be self-aware. We've spoken about the fact that we all have different triggers. We all have different things that cause us anxiety. We all have different things that are just kind of, you know, affecting us and keeping us focused in this time. So I put it to you that in this particular season, as part of mind renewal, you need to realize that if you ever had a problem with maybe the most positive people in your life, maybe you had a problem with people that are always just so optimistic about life and, oh, everything is always great. This is the season for you to go and find all those people. Yeah. All those people that are constantly positive, that are always able to help you see a different perspective. Now, listen, it's not bad that you might not do that naturally, because remember that Romans has already told us that we are different. God made us different, but we are mutually dependent. So you need to find the people that are keeping you centered and grounded in this season. And guess what? The next season, you might be the one that's keeping that person centered and grounded. But in this particular season that we are in, I put it to you that you need the most positive people around you. People that are able to see a situation and pull out the positive. And you're like, wow, how did you get that perspective? Because that's the heavenly perspective that, that, that you need in this season. So as part of needing that heavenly perspective, you need to find those people. You need to find the most positive people in your life. And if you don't have any, 
write it in the chat box. LifePoint has a whole bunch of them and we can hook you up with them so that they can keep you positive in this time. But you need to be positive. And if you can't do it by yourself, please find people around you that can. Second Corinthians 2 verse 11 says, to keep Satan from getting the advantage over us, we are not ignorant of his wiles and intentions. So we're not ignorant of the devices of the devil. Yeah? Now, we have to be very, very careful and mindful of not being ignorant of the fact that this is the season where the enemy is going to try his very, very best to take you down. And the things that come naturally to you, so if you're naturally like a melancholic, sad kind of person, you're you know, a bit like introverted and keeps to yourself, he's going to try to use that against you. And that's why I'm saying that you need to remember that Romans 12 says like we are mutually dependent on each other. You need to depend on your people in this season who are not like you and who can keep you centered so that you are not being used by the enemy and so that he is not taking advantage of your personality or the way that you react to this season. Also, all those triggers, all those anxieties, whatever it is for you, if it's the news, guess what? The news might be good for somebody, but it might be bad for you. Social media might be good for somebody, but it's bad for you because some people actually have been triggered very negatively by social media in this time. And so you just need to, to leave it off your phone, you know, like take the step. You're not a tree, you can move. So as part of my, you know, kind of just thinking about this service and what I was going to talk about, I decided to do a quick survey. So I spoke to many, many different types of people, um, different from me, you know, so that we could have like a wide range of different perspectives. And I just did a quick survey of their personalities. And I asked them, I said, what are you guys doing every day? So just tell me like a list of three to four things that you're doing every day. Actually, I said a list of three things. Some people did Ajayoka and they sent four, but it's okay. They give us an extra one, you know? So I said, okay, what are you guys doing in this season to keep yourself centered, to keep yourself sane? Because... I don't care what your personality type is. This is a very unusual time in the entire world. The last time that the world had a pandemic was 102 years ago, the flu pandemic. Any of you was around then? Your granddaddy was around then? Okay, thank you. So we need to be honest with ourselves about the reality. And that goes back to, we're not in denial, we're just keeping a heavenly perspective. So somebody says to me three things. I try to wake up early to pray and study the Bible. This person said he studied, pray and study the Bible for two to three hours. I was like, wow. I hail you. <laughs> he then also said that he finds time to interact, you know, with his family and his kids while he's working from home, you know, just kind of keeping love and laughter intentionally, you know, in the, in the um, house because everybody's in the same space and that can also cause its own issues. And lastly, trying to engage in, some, in something outdoors. So walking, cycling, you know, anything at all that will just keep you physically fit. That's one person. Somebody else said, I try and exercise most days. Um, I switch off the data on my phone intermittently so I can get some headspace to work or think. I love that. I do not watch any news channel. This person said, I don't watch the news, as in zero. And you know, I love that self-awareness. I love that you can say, I don't bother watching the news because it's a trigger. It's a negative trigger. Okay. Someone else said, I pray. I do a lot of self-care. And, you know, she also is working from home and handling her kids, you know, so she does all that in the same. But she said that she also dances, and she dances with her children. She says that she sometimes, you know, just massages her own scalp, you know, just giving herself a scalp massage. Sometimes she stands in front of the mirror, brushes her hair, combs her hair. Because, you know, because we're not going out, a lot of us are also not doing the things that we typically do. And she prays. This person also said, I actually delete social media quite often as a habit. In these times, I log on for 10 minutes maximum, and I get off. Guess why? Because it's a trigger. So just going back to that ability to identify the things that are triggering you and taking them away. Somebody else said, I find time to relax. I play board games. I watch Netflix. See, even me, I typically don't watch Netflix, but I started watching Netflix a few days ago because I realized that 
I needed something to kind of, you know, just bring me down. So after I've worked, um, done like my office work, my children are in school, you know, both me and my husband are, you know, handling their school, but the days can get really packed and busy. So I started to watch Netflix because I need something to kind of just bring me, you know, kind of just bring me down and kind of zone me, zone me back in. Um, she says that, you know, she reads the Bible and listens to worship music. She exercises because eating has become a thing. How many of us have overeaten? Hello, we're all here. If I, I know that my cheeks are already around. If people are looking at my cheeks and around and are judging me, that's your business. I don't care because you know what? I'm eating a lot. Yes. So she started skipping because she says that she's eating a lot, you know, and she started to read again. So, so she's gone back to her love for books. Now, many of us have books that we've been saying that we're going to read for months and we have not touched. Opportunities right here. Please read. Someone else said, I have the same routine every single day, starting with solitude with Jesus. I sit at the same spot on my table. I light a nice candle, make a cup of coffee, and I study the Bible and journal. This is very interesting because, I, I mean, I could not do, I couldn't sit in the same spot like, and do that, but we're all different, you know. And, and then she also gets half an hour every day, you know, exercising, stretching, and all that, and always takes an afternoon power nap. Now, this person said she has to take a power nap because she just realized that. If she doesn't take that power nap, her day goes left. Back to self-awareness and knowing yourself and knowing what helps you in this time. And the last person I spoke to said, oh, no, this last person is actually not. Oh, oh, okay, no, that was the last person. But, yeah, so, you know, so just to show you, you know, the, the range of things that people are doing. So I now have a bunch of tips, just general tips that I came up with. So I said, when you wake up, please hang out with God first. You know, whether it's worship music, it's reading your Bible, praying, talking to God, please have that time where you are coming out of bed and you are, going high with God and you're not just grabbing your phone because I find that that in itself can be a trigger. You know, if as soon as you wake up, you are checking the number of people that have died in the past one day, it's not a good idea. I don't care who you are with personality. It's not a good idea to be checking how many people have died every day or how many people have gotten infected. In fact, I remember at the beginning of this, I used to check the the tracker thing, the, the NCDC thing on Twitter, you know, checking oh, how many people got infected in Nigeria, blah, blah, blah. I didn't even check it anymore. I'm like, why? Why am I checking this? It's just stressing me. Because even though you don't think that it's stressing you, it does stress you because these are lies. You know what I mean? So if that triggers you, please stop following the body count. It's not, um, it's not important. Uh, two, self-care. Whatever works for you. Whatever works for you. For some people, self-care is having a cup of coffee. Some people is having a cup of tea. If you have children, self-care can be hiding in the toilets. Yeah, I said it. There are some people here with children. You guys know what I mean. Like You have to hide from them because they're always following you around. Whatever works for you, self-care, please do it. Um, during the course of the day as well, make sure that you exercise, you know, you walk, even if you're not, you know, gymming, walk around your house, walk, you know, up and down the steps. If you've got steps, if you don't have steps, fine, go around in circles, step outside, get some fresh air, get the sun, you know, let it not be that you've been at home for, you know, like a week and you haven't even seen the sun at all. Please step outside. And the fourth thing I wrote was journal. And I wrote that journaling kind of piggybacking off of good old King David. Write your own psalms, guys, in this time. That psalms for me is David's journaling. I mean, he journaled everything, every situation that he went through. He's going to war somewhere, he's journaling. You know, Saul is chasing him, you know, he's journaling. He's happy, he's journaling. He's sad, he's journaling. He's depressed, he's journaling. So guys, write your own psalms. I mean, who knows what would happen at the end of this? Maybe your psalms will get published, you know? But it's a good reflection point even after this pandemic. And it's a good reflection point even for you because you realize the things that you learned in this season. So, you know, every day, you know, journal what, you know, like what happened, what you learned that day. I started writing out the things that I'm learning on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, about myself, about my children, you know, because it's kind of just helps you to be intentional about your thinking as well. And also helps you figure out the kind of things that you should be working on and the things that God is highlighting to you this evening. So please write your own sound journal. Now, guys, 
since this thing started though, I've been saying to myself, I just started saying, I was like, Father, this pandemic works out for my good. As in this pandemic will work out for the good of me and my family. It works out for my good. It works out for the good of my nation. It works out for the good of my people. It works out for the good of my community. And I would like us all to take that approach to these things, you know. So we're going to kind of go into prayer now. But I want us to all just kind of start by saying and declaring after ourselves that this pandemic works out for our good. So Father, we thank you for this time in your presence. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have spoken to us. We thank you, Lord, because we know that nothing gets by you. And we declare that this pandemic works out for our good. It works out for the good of us, the good of our family, the good of our community, the good of our city, the good of our state, the good of our nation. In the mighty name of Jesus, it works out in the good for the good of our continent in Jesus' name. You know, I really believe that Africa is rising in this time. Let's all declare that this pandemic works out for the good of Africa in the mighty name of Jesus. That God takes this continent to higher heights. That our leaders do the right thing in this time in the mighty name of Jesus. And that our continent will rise. Our nations will rise. And that this pandemic works out for the good of all of us in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, I've also asked God to show me perspective. I'm like, God, you know what? Give me perspective about what's going on here. Let me know how I can be part of the solution in what you're doing. Whatever, you know, changes you're making, whatever shifts are happening, I want to be a part of it. Tell me how I can be a solution. Show it to me, you know. So let's begin to pray and declare that we are solutions, we are not problems. That we have a heavenly perspective in every single thing that's going on. Father, we thank you because our perspective is on you. Our eyes are fixed on you. Our perspective is fully and solely on you. We gain a heavenly perspective about this pandemic. We gain a heavenly perspective about even all the things that are going on around us. And we know that because you are our God, we will remain unshaken and remain focused and perspective-filled in Jesus' mighty name. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Begin to declare over yourself that God has good plans for you. You know, when God made you, he knew every single thing about you. He knew that you'd be born and that in this year there will be a pandemic. He knew it. He knew it. So declare that he knew every single thing about you. So he should help you in this time. Provide the support systems that you need. Provide all that you need in this time to keep you, you know, balanced and sane and to keep you doing all that you're supposed to do concerning this time. Whatever it is that he wants to bring out of you in this season, I pray that he'll bring it out of you in the mighty name of Jesus and that you will have a full revelation of how much he loves you and the plans that he has for you. And lastly, Romans 8, 28 verse 28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. So begin to declare that all things work together for your good. All things work together for your good because you are called according to his purpose. All things work together for the good of your children, of your spouse, of your family, or your parents, your place of work, your business, your home, every single thing. All things work together for good in Jesus' mighty name. So Father, we just say thank you. We bless you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. And we declare that you keep us with a heavenly perspective in this time and always in Jesus' mighty name. We have prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank Signing. you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.